Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Knobcast. England have lost and they're out of the World Cup. And I'm upset. Not going to lie. Gasky, you upset as well, mate. Let's start the podcast with some positivity, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm gutted. I'm gutted. Yeah, uh, don't worry, chaps. We'll be having a... Well, maybe it'll be a meltdown. I'm not sure. Um, but we'll be having a chat, obviously, about England's uh, defeat in the quarterfinals against... Uh, uh, the referee. Uh, they lost two one. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, we're talking about uh, the other uh, quarter final matches as well. Uh, Croatia against Brazil once again. The underdog uh, winning there. Morocco Portugal the underdog winning there. And uh, Netherlands Argentina uh, a chaotic fight uh, ending on penalties. And Lionel Messi's dream is still alive. Before we go any further, Gasky, I've got a fun fact for you. Would you like to hear it? Well, here we go. Would you like yeah. to hear it? Okay, wonderful. I do. So, here's a fun fact. Since 1982, okay, mm -hmm. there's been at least one Bayern at Munich and Inter Milan player in every single World Cup final from 90, every single World Cup final from 1982 to present. Yeah, I, I remember this coming up the last World Cup final because it was was it Perisic. Yes. Was the one in that one. And and Tolisso for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, who did yeah. who did come on to make an appearance. And as it stands, Argentina, Lotoro Martinez of Inter Milan, Brozovic, Croatia, of Inter Milan. And also uh, there's a there's a Bayern Munich player who makes the bench. France, Upa Meccano for Bayern Munich. Um and there's also Coman and uh, and Pavard who can come off the bench. Yeah. And Morocco, they've got someone who plays for Bayern Munich. I can't remember his name. It's like, it begins with an M. Oh, Mazwawi. That's the one. Yeah, so it's, un unless injuries... It's going to continue. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's almost impossible for it to not happen. It, it, Is this so, featured yeah. as well, not in the squad? Featured. Uh, so they, they have to come on the pitch. Right, okay. Well, that's, that's mental. Yeah. Did you say every World Cup or since 82? Every World Cup final since 1982. That's, that's actually incredible. Absolutely, man. So yes, that's definitely going to... Uh, continue but i tell you what won't continue my dreams of england winning the world cup because gasky we lost to france hooray 2-1 uh uh gasky give me sort of uh thoughts before the match how confident slash optimistic were you and how crushing was the defeat i'm going to start our old discussion i want to stay positive i'm going to talk about the okay. good things and then okay. we'll go down the meltdown okay, 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 that's okay, my okay, that's okay. my thought that's fine so i feel like throughout this World Cup for England it is the best I have ever seen England play. I agree. Personally. Just every position just seems to work. He obviously the USA game was a bit of a dodgy game, but he changed something and like bring Henderson in and it worked. You know? And throughout the tournament, even the France game, I was actually enjoying watching them. And that's I've never had that of watching England of actually enjoying it. Knowing that there's so much talent there, there's such massive, so much depth, and the fact that people are arguing about certain players not playing is good because it shows that they've got that much depth. It's not an argument of that's our best eleven. We're screwed because that's all we've got, which is how it felt in the past. It makes me proud that I get to watch and enjoy this England squad. Mm -hmm. They're all young as well. Four years time, they're all going to be what late twenties at their at their well should be at their prime. Yeah, so hundred percent, and again, also so more than anything. Obviously, people say arrogance and delusional England fans thinking they should win it and things. Blah blah blah. It's enjoyment. It's enjoying it. I so said it's no matter what club you support, you want them to win everything. Yeah, you know, and you can say you're arrogant for that for wanting them to win and saying what they deserve to win and stuff. Like I felt England deserved to beat France. 
in terms from over 90 minutes. Yeah. They did. Personally. Yeah. Which, but, which, you know, um... I'm, I'm happy with the performances. And it's, I think it hurts more, this loss, because I, they have been arguably one of the best teams in the tournament. Whereas past tournaments, you would feel like the, the, the stumbled through. Euros, apart from the Germany game, they stumbled through everyone, pretty much. The group stages of the World Cup 2018 stumbled through. And then, apart from the Sweden game, really, where they were comfortable, every other game was a bit hey-ho. But this one, they, they performed so, so well. And I think that's why it hurts more. And that's even more miraculous when you consider that a few months ago, we were getting relegated from our Nations League group. Uh, yeah, and, and Southgate's throwing free at the back at you. It's just... Yeah, it, it just goes to crazy. show that if, you know, as, as soon as they, they listen to what we were saying, play the back four yeah. and introduce yeah. other players and maybe drop other players, then the, the, this yeah. group of players might actually it's, it's, play well. It's crazy to think, cause I was thinking about this before, if you go back about four or five podcasts before the World Cup, we were having a bit meltdown about what we were going to witness at this World Cup. And five podcasts after, we're actually happy in a way mm. of being able to watch them play that yeah. what, the way we know they can. Hundred percent. And I think our critiques were absolutely right and fair. Like I think I think we clarified that by saying if we play a back five and if we play like this, then that's the issue. He's obviously realised there were issues and has remedied them, and he's gone with the back four. This actually goes into we're actually sort of like erring more in towards our main topic right now in terms of Southgate, yes or no. But for me. I think it's a Southgate yes, because I think he'd made a lot of mistakes, um, but I think he's addressed those mistakes after the US mm. game, as you mentioned. Yeah. The US game was not good, uh, but but it, it's it's been nothing but improvement since then. Yeah, def- definitely. It, he changed. He, he made a change. Or he, he approached the game, the USA game, wrong. Every manager does that. There's always games the approach wrong. Club, you know, most clubs do it. They'll have a game and they'll be great, horrendously wrong and they'll lose. Manager will own up. Uh, Brought Henderson in, it worked. So why take him out? Only thing I would probably debate is, in a World Cup, do you need? Do you think you should start Rashford more based on the fact that he was just everything was working for him, potentially, rather than playing other players? Pretend, I don't know. Maybe you can argue that, but it's still difficult to you know push anyone out of that team the way they were playing. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's hard because Sack is almost undroppable. And we saw how good, Fo- how influential Foden yeah. was in yeah. the Wales and Senegal well, game. Well, Saka could easily have been um, subbed off for Rashford at halftime in that France game, but second half he was incredible. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. So um, I- I'm honestly really happy with uh, with Southgate. We'll touch on it specifically in, in the fr- in the France game uh, uh, now. But uh, Gasky, are, are you now? For, for me, this tournament was like a test of: Do I want Southgate in or out? I, I think I'm more than happy for him to stay. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence a little bit, okay. only because only because if if it was your club, right? If it was your club and you had a manager that you felt couldn't get you over the line, do you think it's right? Do you think there should be a change there? Because if you if you, if you if let's say Guardiola was to leave, right, and you'd get a manager in and you'd play well, but you'd you just fall at the final hurdle every time. For, for four or five years, would you just think, I'm sick of this, give me something different? I would think that if I didn't think that 
uh, Southgate couldn't do it. I think that what we're seeing is progression as the team's also yeah. improving as well. But you, you, you said it before, 2018, I, I, I just don't think the, the players were that good. So, yeah. uh, and we deserve to get in the semi-final. In the final, Southgate did get it wrong for me. I think we could have won yeah. that match, but you got it wrong. But I've just seen him out-tactic Didier Deschamps, who is a World Cup winning manager. So... In the front in, in the yeah. France game, I don't really know what more Southgate could have done. So I no. I actually do yeah, think he could be uh the man. And also the two options who I might want to have talked about before, Graham Potter and Eddie Howe, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime no. soon. No. It's, it, yeah, that's the one thing I would take where it's I want him to stay is the fact that he, he looks like he's learning. Because like you said, he got he got tactically wrong in these other past games. But this game he made France fear England, which is why I said, I said, I want them to fear England, don't fear them. And they didn't. They were playing their way. France could handle it. Upa Meccano was having a horrendous game. And Awful. he was lucky to even not get booked, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and he kept clearing it straight to a midfielder. They were just constantly pushing at him, pushing him, not letting him breathe. Griezmann was just had a good game. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the difficulty they had in the game was, you could tell how England players, they stacked the wings with the midfielders to help out the wingers. And he just creates a massive hole with Rice on his own, and Griezmann just he just played into his strengths. So potentially someone what can do what um, Henderson can do, which I think is Bellingham probably, and then someone else to come in and do the Bellingham role on the other side, which probably better. But yeah, I think just the way it just worked, didn't it? It just mm-hmm. felt like it worked. Yeah. So I mean, let, let, let's get into the, let's get into the uh, the France game now. Uh, so obviously it was a uh, obviously France won two one. Uh, uh, that, that's how it worked in the end uh, it was the same lineup that we saw from both sides in the round of 16 which is what we uh, all wanted i think uh, southgate uh, found the winning formula it seemed and a lot of narrative before the game was mbappe versus walker walker's got no chance e- even though uh, stones and walker have played mbappe twice and they won both of those games so i don't know where that was coming from and i thought that again the way southgate set up the sides walker plus henderson coming over meant that we essentially nullified the Mbappe threat threats for nearly mm. all of the game, which isn't hard to do, which is hard was, to do. For yeah, the... It was only one. Yeah, exactly. There was only one sniff. There yeah. was that one foot race they had and one, one's a 23-year-old, one's what, 31-year-old? However old Walker 32, is. 32, I think. See, I would be surprised if he didn't get past him, to yeah. be honest, but he still kept up with him. Oh, so, yeah. mm-hmm. but it, what I'm glad about is my concern would be that they approached the game where they just worry about him, but they didn't. He just went, right, Shaw, you get up the other end. Walker, you just play a bit. Don't go too far. Uh, Henderson won't be far behind. And just you just concentrate on him and we'll work We'll work it from there. And it worked. Yeah. He didn't do anything. I mean, obviously, the difficulty then was dealing with Griezmann because I think Griezmann took it into his own and he did most of their stuff that you would expect Mbappe to do. But apart from, I mean, he created both goals, Griezmann. But the first one, it's tough to debate or put place blame I mean they all came rushing back and I think maybe you could say that they came back too far so they weren't able to push in and stop the shot but it was a cracking shot and then the second goal was just fantastic it was just prime uh, number nine what makes a world class number nine really for me so mm-hmm. if I had to be hyper before we even touch on the referee if I had to just be hypercritical of our players um, I think that for the first goal Bellingham maybe should have been at got out a little bit sooner and could have uh, yeah, stopped that, that, that shot. He, he felt like he came he, as if he came back too far. Yeah. He was running back and he went two miles too far, so he couldn't get back out to stop the shot. That's the only criticism that would be there. Yeah, and then one, yeah. similar for the second goal. Again, I am being hypercritical, but you know it's fine margins at this stage. 
Once again, I think that cross could be stopped at source by Henderson if he gets tight enough to Griezmann. We didn't get we didn't get tight enough quickly yeah. enough, and Griezmann is able to foot. And they can make question marks over the centre half. Should they do better? But it's a really good cross, and it's a really good header as well. So yeah, so if I'm being hypercritical of the players in those instances, then technically the goals could have been stopped. But they were two very good uh, goals yeah. uh, ultimately. But there was a there's another element of this match, Gasky, that we cannot ignore. Yes. And before I talk about this, I just want to make it very clear. This is a knockout match. Decisions matter in knockout football because literally, whilst they can't define a season, a league campaign, which is 38 games, they can define a one-off match over 90 minutes or 120 minutes or whatever. And if a decision is wrong and it leads to an illegitimate goal, especially the first goal, which, you know, the, the, the one that breaks the deadlock, that is huge. And the first goal should not have stood because it was a foul on Saka. I agree. I agree. The only the only argument I would have is if he just allowed that goal, would England have played as well as they did? Because France were on the front foot. And I felt like that goal goes in, England pulled the finger out. <laughs> if that could be weird. But still, the, and you can you can point the finger at the ref. The linesman stood there. Mm -hmm. The linesman is literally looking at it. And he the when you watch the replay, he tackles him twice. Mm -hmm. He does it twice. It's, 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 and he tries to. He stay, he's doing the typical Englishman thing of staying on his feet, which people get annoyed with who are English that play like the rest of them do. They cheat. Join them, but you know he stayed on his feet. He tried to, and then he went, "I can't do this. I'm getting." He's just kicking at me, and then the linesman goes, "Oh, play yeah. on," and then they scored. It's it, absolutely ridiculous. It was, it was very annoying because the first I can't remember exactly what minute that um that goal came in but for the first few minutes you were right i thought france were on top for like the first 10 or so minutes i thought bellingham henderson in the first those first few moments maybe a little bit nervy they kept giving the ball away um but in, in that moment i thought the game was quite even uh you know england had weathered that uh, early pressure uh, walker was getting forwards in that in that phase and then saka gets fouled so obviously we'll, we'll lie to the back because that's the first time in the match where walker's pushed forward to cause hernandez an issue because mbappe's not tracking back and then it, it all flows from there and it leads to a brilliant finish, but it's an yeah. illegitimate goal and it shouldn't have stood. And I'm very, and, and we're right. And, and this is just, this, this is just the point I was making about it being knockout football. We are right and allowed to be annoyed and upset that that goal has been given, aren't we? Yes. So I've, yes. I've just seen like some people going, oh, it's like, let's get over it. It's like, it matters, man. No, in a, <sighs> it's a match that you're, it's a match that you, as a country, you have minimal time to prepare you have is every four years and some random brazilian referee who i think just uh, referees in the brazilian league that no one none of these players even playing has made these decisions who clearly doesn't know what he's doing yeah allegedly so, allegedly this brazilian referee or this person who manages in the brazilian league apparently isn't very good in the brazilian league that's according to Certain how does Brazilian he get, fans so online. How does he get picked? I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I understand it's the World Cup. We need referees from across the world. Well, I'm pretty sure that most of these players play in Europe. The best, mm. the best leagues are in Europe. Pick European referees then. Yeah, or ones that manage in like European yes. leagues for, for, yes. for the latter stages. You'd, you'd think, especially um, like, um, is it that French blow? I can't remember what his name is. I think he's French. Who I haven't seen him since the group stages, and he's arguably one of the best referees in the bloody world. So I just I don't get it. I just no. don't get it. Well, I don't get it. He's, well, he's not been asked to come back um, for the semi-finals. I know that much. Uh, he's been sent home 
uh, the, the oh, that, that referee. Was, are you sure about that? Because I'm sure that was the one from the Netherlands Argentina game where they said go home, and this guy hasn't hell. actually got. Has he actually been told now to piss off? Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, well, well, yeah, that, that's, acor- that's according to what I've seen online. Right. Anyway. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So uh, and and it wasn't just like that that huge decision that he got wrong. It, it seems. I mean, Saka just seemed to be the target of so many it, fouls. It was. It was for me. What really, really irritated me was it was consistent. It was, mm-hmm. France knew what they were doing. They were just cynical tackles where they'll be like, it's not enough to get me booked, but it's enough to stop them. But eventually you have to be like, right, that's it. I'm going to book you every time you do that now. But they didn't. He left it so long. So the France was like, oh, it's work. We've got uh, we've got most of out of it now. We can just leave it now because we've managed to survive 60-odd minutes doing it. Mm-hmm. And he got like, that Upamecano guy just kept trying to nick the ball when he couldn't win it, fouling consistently, and England got nothing from it. Yeah. It was just... An absolute shambles. Terrible. And and you think of how good we are at set pieces as well. Those yeah. fouls in and around the box, they, they could they could produce serious not, chances. Not just that, it, it completely breaks up play and it completely stops any mm-hmm. momentum that England get. And it's and it's it's fouling. It's like, okay, it's it is considered tactical, but it gets to a point when you've done it that many times, the referee has to go, look, I know the tactical, but I'm yellow you're doing it over and over and over. Yeah. So it's just I don't, I don't know. Very frustrating. Very, very annoying. And, and and especially because I, I I thought that England were the better side overall. I know I a lot. I know a lot of people have said, "Oh well, France were only letting you dominate the play because uh, they were winning or or whatever." Well, they were also better at one all uh, in the first instance. And secondly, there's no way that France were they were clearly uncomfortable in respect of what we kept doing. They, like. They kept giving it away. They get the, whenever England would attack, they would just give it straight back. That, that is not what they were trying to do. If they were trying to play counter-attack or whatever, then they'd be able to build up from the back and pass it around England's press. They could not. They just kept giving it back. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that it wasn't part of the game plan for Upamakano to get done by Harry Kane and Saka like over and over and over again. I'm pretty yeah. sure that wasn't part of Didier Deschamps' master plan. I'm pretty sure that actually... England were putting them under pressure that they were not comfortable with at all. Because I, I keep seeing people's argument going, oh yeah, France didn't get out of third gear. No, they couldn't get out of third because England didn't let them yeah. get out of third gear. That's the difference. You can't just say, oh, France could play better than that. Yeah, they probably can, but England has stopped them from playing better. That's mm. what you need to look at. 100%. 100%. And I know that, I mean, Didier Deschamps himself even said it was similar to the 2018 semi-final against France, uh, Belgium. I disagree with that because in that match belgium had all of the ball but they just didn't do anything with it they weren't yeah. they weren't actually producing any like genuine offensive threats similar, similar to belgium this year <laughs> yeah 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 but it, really? but england not only did they have more of the ball they were creating better they were creating more chances yeah, they, they were creating, creating better chances, chances. larice i know pickford did a really good save himself but larice kept making like world-class save after world-class yeah. save it seemed that harry kane one in particular that's yeah. a big chance um yeah. and the bellingham volley as well um so, yeah, so I, I just don't buy it. I feel like a lot. some people are trying to downplay how well England played in this game. Yeah, um, it, people just want, I think, people just want England to lose that much that they don't want to admit that they actually played well. Yeah, which is so, weird, really weird to me. I've never understood that. No, if you want them to lose, you want them to lose, fine. But how about you just get some decency and just admit that, okay, I, yeah, I'm glad they lost, but they did play well. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, re- really odd. Um but then, obviously, um, a lot, a lot of the focus has been on uh, Harry Kane. He scored one penalty, and sadly uh, for England, he did, he also skied. Yeah. Uh, 
a penalty. Now, obviously, he should score the penalty. Of course, he should score the penalty, which is like an 80% chance to score. You can make the argument that, oh, he couldn't handle the pressure. But he, he scored his penalty in the yeah. Euros final, didn't he? So Yeah, I... I, um, it's just one of those. I don't think I think. That. He's, he's one of those. End of the day, if you if you asked him to now go and do the exact same situation a hundred more times, he probably puts it in a hundred times. It's. I think it's just one of those where it's just gone wrong for him at yeah. the wrong time. Yeah. So and that's coupled with the fact we played so well, coupled with the awful refereeing, which resulted in an illegitimate goal being awarded yeah. to France. If it, it, it's. I'm not. I'm not bitter about the performance. I'm proud of the performance. I'm proud of the England uh, England players. It just leaves a bitter taste in the mouth of you know what could have been. Yeah. Um, on, on any other day, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, but that was England's uh, defeat to France. Gasky, do you have any more sort of uh, thoughts on that game overall, and your thoughts for the future, maybe? Uh, no, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the future based on the fact that most of these players are young. They've got all the years ahead of them. They're going to improve. Potentially, Bellingham, England's probably greatest player at that tournament. He's going to get better, and he's potentially going to join a bigger team than Dortmund. And he's going to get better and better and better, which is going to be exciting. And there's going to be more young players coming through. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be plenty for England to choose from. Even if it's Southgate or not, I'm excited to look forward to the next World Cup. And yeah. Yeah, it feels genuinely. Yeah. I touched on this in like my most recent YouTube video. It, it, it feels like there's a genuine future, and it feels I, I've never felt so good about an England side for yeah. like twenty years or whatever. Just at the start yeah. of you know what you know, this could be a new golden generation. At yeah. the start of the first we, golden generation, we saw the end of our golden generation, thinking it was going to happen, didn't an absolute shambles between 2010 and 2016, and then we didn't think we were going to go anywhere, and then this is where we're now. So. Exactly, exactly. But I, this this will be different. I think this team is more than capable of winning. Well, it was it, it was Gary Neville that said it, didn't he? He said I've played in England teams before, but I've not seen a talented England team like this one. That much talent in it. So, Interesting. Yeah, he but, said so. It's interesting. So he he's obviously seen it from the outside, thinking I there's so much there. Yeah. There is so much there. And this so, is this is a team as well. I think that's important yeah. to note. And even obviously, even the result was a loss. They can compete. They can yeah. compete with the world champions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and we're as I say, we're actually a team rather than when it was you know Scott, yeah. Sven Joran Eriksson's t- group of players was just I'll shove as many of my best players in yeah. without really thinking about uh, how it fosters a team. I think the dressing yeah. rooms in a really good state, atmosphere is happy. Yeah, um, yeah, and what we've got now is we've got like a lot of fans who are like saying, "Oh, Madison should have got game time," which is good because. Okay, yeah, I would love to see Madison play, but you've got to drop someone, and there's no one to drop. Yeah. So, you know, it's that's the type of depth they've got there. They've got a lot. So, if someone struggles, or someone gets injured, you know, someone's going to come in. So, it's it's uh, it's a good, good thing to have. Yeah, and I think in four years, none of the aside from Walker, who will have retired from international football, but Reese James is coming in. That's not a downgrade. Yeah. Same with yeah. Henderson. Bellingham can come in. That's not a downgrade. Bellingham can only get better, and that means you can put another more attacking player in that midfield as well yeah and the oldest player is going to be 32 years old which isn't yeah, old at the all the striker the yeah. hurricane isn't it the striker so yeah and, and stones and pickford as well but um that's not old by any means so next world cup maybe will actually be in a better position uh and, it, and if you think of declan rice who will go to a bigger club and will learn how to play in a more possession uh based team yeah. uh, saka will experience champions league football with arsenal now 
Um, Foden will hopefully move to a more central role for City now that, you know, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bernardo will have moved on by then probably. Um, and I, I think that if anything will be even stronger that you, you uh, yeah, I mm. think Rice, Bellingham, Foden will be a more uh, legitimate midfield. It's the Rice and Bellingham for me because they're the two most important players. Um, I think you could you could kind of tell when you play these massive games that Ra- it, as much respect to West Ham as possible is that Rice plays for West Ham. That's what I mean. In, yeah, in he's not he's not used to playing progressive. He's used to just playing right, play safe, which exactly. you don't want when you're playing for a massive country. So, yeah, hopefully he gets his move and then he can learn to play progressive. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if you saw it. I I just uh, when I was watching uh, the match, there was just this one moment in particular. It's, I'm not having to go at Declan Rice all because I like him as a player. And it's a high standard for him to compare him to. Yeah. But John Stones in that France game passes it to Declan Rice, and Rice just um, immediately plays it out to like the left back or or Maguire because yeah. he, he's got two French players near him. And Stones, his reaction is quite funny because he sort of does like an exasperated like, you know, like that sort of reaction because yeah. he knows at club because, level. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there was a moment I saw as well. Where it was. I think it was Foden. Foden's so used to playing just quick and going forward. I think he tried to lay one off to Rice and Rice didn't move. He was like, I'm not going any higher up. Whereas Foden's like, well, get in that gap there and let's play. Let's get moving up the pitch. So that's what you, just having that, one's got a winning mentality and one's conservative. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, I think that's what's lacking with, with Rice personally. Yeah. If he goes to like, you know, uh, let's say, for I can say like an Arsenal or a Chelsea, you know, a, a, yeah. big, a bigger club, hopefully that can add to his game. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. The future's bright. Yeah. right uh I'm, I'm not over it not over the refereeing can't lie but it's whatever never mind whatever uh that wasn't the only quarterfinal game that took place gasky you believe be, it or not you'll be, be believe it or not <laughs> uh we had another uh well another three uh games uh starting with the brawl uh that was netherlands two argentina two argentina winning on uh penalties in the end i i, I I'm just like looking at the match right now. I didn't actually realize that Denzel Dumfries got sent off in the 128th minute. I can't actually remember I, that happening. I think, um, I think it. I think it was. I think it might have been after because it all. I think it all it all boiled over after it finished. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The re- oh, he's he he yeah. trying to fight underneath. You want a bit of it? Yeah. Didn't uh, it, so, yeah. Yeah. So so this this was a very uh, interesting game. I, I've not really been that impressed by the Netherlands at this tournament so far. Um, well, you didn't have Louis Van Gaal as your manager of your club, and I am not surprised it was like that because that's what it was like being a United fan. Just so you know, <laughs> all that talent and then just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Argentina uh, took the lead, went two 0 up. All hope was lost. Netherlands were not in it for eighty minutes, and, and then, then then big old Wout Wenkos came on. <laughs> yeah, and out of nowhere, I think it was because they, they scored the first goal, and then out of nowhere, Argentina uh, sh- shat the bed defensively. They panicked, and then, and then, and then the Netherlands equalised with, for me, the goal of the tournament. It's my favourite goal. It was, that it was just a FIFA goal, wasn't it? It was just. It's just like when you know the defenders on FIFA are not going to move. I'll just pass it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just love the invention. I, I love the nerve. That was in what was that in the hundred tenth minute or something? That's that's like the last argument, the last kick of the game. It's literally exactly the same situation with England with Rashford's free kick. Was it like the last kick of the game? You, to, 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 I don't even know who took the free kick, but to have the ball to go, I'm not going to shoot, so I'm going to pass that. Yeah. I just, it's just, I just, oh, it was incredible. I love it. Uh, it was the 101st minute, by the way, not, not the 110th. Let, let's see who got the assist, shall we, on, on that brilliant... Who, yeah, who took that? Who who had the ball to pass that? On that brilliant uh, free kick. It was <laughs> it was scored after a uh, added time. Uh, 
Oh, uh, Cooper Miners. I'm butchering that pronunciation. Oh. But yeah, oh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, but yeah, a f fantastic goal. And then, uh, uh, but there was a, but there were many, there were many fights in this game, uh, Gatsky. Oh, yes, there was. And... <laughs> it was just, it's. As, as, I'm trying to find the nicest way of saying it, but it's, it's just, it's these South American teams just seem to have this. I don't know, like this fire, this nastiness and this fire, like. I it's like I want I would love for Messi to lift the trophy, but I don't want Argentina to lift the trophy. <laughs> That's and, how I feel. And who, because, who's the one player in particular that we both hate number, with a burning number five. passion? <laughs> number five. I don't want to watch his name. Paredes. He's a. I remember it was it was the Champions League United against PSG. He tried to get Fred sent off that game. He was trying his hardest to get Fred sent off, which he he succeeded at. And I just thought, this guy is a prick, mm -hmm. an absolute prick. And I'm glad that Van Dijk sent him back to PSG. Yeah, that was so good, wasn't it? He, <laughs> he absolutely bodied him. And he didn't get booked for it, I, think, I don't think, either, which is even better. The referee knew he was a prick and went, I'm going to accept that. <laughs> it was just hilarious, wasn't it? It just, like, came over. <laughs> He didn't even start industry, he just came at full pace, but I ain't yeah. slowing down. <laughs> and for me, Paredes, genuinely, he should have been sent off because he, he kicked it purposefully. He, he knew exactly into, what he was doing. Yeah, so for me, that's, yeah. that's in the modern day, that's a red card, in my yeah. opinion. Um, yeah. Again, referee bottled it. Well, we were talking about bad refereeing. This referee also was grossly incompetent. Uh, so, so many yellow cards, a lot of them needfully given so many like randomly given I, I i'm not sure again this is something i saw online it appeared that the referee booked van dyke twice but he didn't send him off i don't know if you've seen that video um, um, no, i've seen that no. it's, it's like like the game's over so like 120 minutes have been played and he gives and it looks like he looks like he shows a yellow card to van dyke or someone in that area but van, and van dyke had already been booked uh hey so, might have been there he got sent off because he missed his penalty <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just bizarre argentina obviously won on penalties but this was a master uh, fights aside paredes who's a rat as, even when he was against when he was against city for ps he was an absolute rat this was this was like a 10 out of 10 performance by Lionel Messi, who is once again dragging his team uh, through to yeah. the latter stages of the World yes. Cup for, for another uh, World Cup campaign. Uh, is it his year? Actually, no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into the uh, the uh, predictions later, so I'll, I'll ask that later, whether it's uh, Messi's uh, time. But certainly, he, he, he did all he could to take his team through. He did. There's uh, no, nothing more he could have done. <laughs> yeah, to the semi-final. Um, uh, the the other match, another match which went to penalties was Croatia won, Brazil won, Croatia winning that one on penalties. Uh, this was a really boring game, I thought. Yeah, I this game, I felt Croatia had a game plan. Croatia's game plan was stay in it. Yes. Stay in it for as long as you can and nick something if you can. Until they went behind and then they realised, we're going to have to try. And the fact that the commentator said, even said, Croatia have not had a shot on target this game, Pascal. The commentator <laughs> cursed. There's a jinx. If you listen carefully, the commentator goes, Croatia have not even had a shot on target, so I can't see anything happening. And they were like, three passes later, they've scored. <laughs> would, so, you, would you like another fun fact? Another fun one. Right, so, I, I think this is the correct year. Croatia have not won... In, in the World Cup matches, they've not won a World Cup knockout match over oh, no, 90 minutes yeah, since 1998. <laughs> so they always Brilliant. go to extra time. Always. And, and obviously penalties in this instance. Um, 
Neymar scored a, a brilliant, uh, sort of like a one, one, two, one, two goal. Really nice. Uh, goal. Sorry. I mean, I it was a good goal, but I questioned the goalkeeper on that. I thought, why is he not just like going down with his full size body? Why is he going on his knees? Yeah, uh, that was <laughs> but, bizarre. But as, as, yeah. as you say, Croatia finally got yeah. the equaliser. Uh, why on earth is was Rodrigo, who's who's a very young chap, not even Brazil's second best penalty taker? Why is he the first man to take a penalty? I, I, I don't understand that. Because I, I thought that. I thought, based on the subs he was making, there was no one left on the pitch. There was... I felt like he's changed the whole front three. And there's about... What? Neymar hadn't even taken one. Yeah. And I think there was about three, three arguably, penalty takers mm. on I, that pitch, if that. And just, it was just there's no one left. I just thought, so Neymar was geared up to take the fifth one, which, you know, in theory is a decisive one. But I never understand that. Why don't you best take the first one? I totally agree. Or at least your second best. At least. No, you, sh- you should go. You sh- I should always think you should go and take the lead. Start. I understand, like, oh, you want to leave someone good just to go. Like, no. Got to go score and take, first. Go and, go and score three off the bat with your best players and then deal with it afterwards. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like, I, 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 if, you, if you have to start, if you have to put Neymar fifth, get Casemiro first because he can clearly take a penalty yeah. based on that. No nonsense penalty. Yeah, it's it. I don't know why, like Rodrigo, who's like what twenty-one years old. Why, yeah. why is he being put into that high-pressure situation for his the first penalty? Did not understand that uh, at all. But Croatia got through. Huge congrats to them. Um, they've not they've been that entertained to watch in this World Cup overall. There've been some nasty games in terms of entertainment, but they're in another a consecutive semi-final. But I hope it's not France Croatia again. I can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Morocco Croatia final will be interesting. No, that that would be. We might as well just take that to penalties. That's nil nil. That would be the lowest. That would literally be the. They'll just well just sit on the floor and just be like, just, yeah. yeah, zero xg, zero shots, zero anything <laughs> in that match. Uh, but with that, Gasky, it, it well, it it almost one hundred percent means Neymar's not winning the Ballon d'Or this year uh, and yeah. also it might be Neymar's last World Cup because he's talked about how it might be his, even though he's not, even though he's. He's young enough to do another one. He's talked about the pressure uh, of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you make of the whole Neymar situation? Because uh, it just just in terms of like career overall, because he 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 was uh, geared up to achieve so much, uh, whether that was for his club or country, and in an and on an individual level. Mm. And since he's left Barcelona, it's just not happened. I I think he's I think his ego's got better of him. Ooh. He's to, to me. He feels like he's a genuine player. He's he's not one of these like up his own ass type person. He's a genuine player. He loves his football and he wants to win everything. But I felt like when he was at he was he was doing it perfectly at Barcelona. At Barcelona, he could have stayed there. They carried on doing what they're doing. Suarez will get replaced by someone. Messi might end up leaving, and he's maybe will be the face of it. But I felt like he was like, I want to be the guy. I want to be that guy for a team who everyone loves. And I feel like he's regretting that. Yeah, I think part of him regrets making that decision when he could have stuck stuck around. Barcelona might not be what they are now, potentially, but I think that's what it is. I think he should have just stuck around. But you know what the sad thing is? He left Barcelona to become the main man at PSG, and then one or two years later, Mbappe comes along, yeah. and he's the main man. Yeah, and then Messi yeah, exactly. comes along again. He can't escape him. <laughs> we can't, we can't. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's yes, yeah, so it's an odd one for Neymar. I feel like he's a. I saw this on Twitter. It was a really interesting uh, uh, comparison. Neymar is the Andy Murray of football in that if Andy Murray was in almost any other generation, 
he'd be considered a world beater and like mm. one of you know, of course well, I know Andy yeah. Murray was but he was yeah. just he was but really he was in the same he's in the same generation as Federer and Nadal and Djokovic he's yeah. just like you no matter what you're going to be fourth don't make a difference. Yeah, you just always exactly. Be and it's the same thing with Neymar. He just happens to be mm. in a generation with the two greatest players to ever play the game, and yeah, he's just—he's exactly, yeah. like the forgotten man in a way. But then, as they're aging, he's just on the edge where these new players are coming through and taking him, yes. taking him up. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's—he's sort of caught between generations in a way. Like yeah. I, I, you said it yourself per- perfectly. Messi and Ronaldo are moving on. We're already talking about Mbappe and Haaland. And he's and forgot about him, but he yeah. exists. Yeah, yeah, which which is a shame because I think he he could have. I, I think had he stayed at Barca, I, th- I think obviously injuries are a thing as well. But I think he could have become that guy. Um, yeah, definitely. But it's a shame, and maybe that's the end of his World Cup. I I, th- I think he will do one more. Do a quick prediction: Will it will he come back for one more? I think he'll be the next one. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And the final quarterfinal. It's a fairy tale story for Morocco. It's it's, it's nothing but incredible. I think it's fair it to is. say uh, as Morocco beats Portugal. Uh, one nil uh, with one of the Moroccan players getting like t- uh, two yellow cards in the space of like 10 15 minutes or something mad. Uh, can't remember, what, it was like a, sub- a substitute came on and the got yeah. sent off almost yeah. immediately. So that was quite funny. Uh, so yeah, and that's the end of Ronaldo's uh, World Cup as well. So, um, we'll come to Morocco. Uh, let's just quickly talk about uh, Ronaldo just because just on the same vein of uh, Brazil, it's, it's a as much as all the weird stuff with Ronaldo and the interviews has happened. It is a, it is sad. I, do you think it's still a bit sad that it sort of ended yeah. like this? No, it, on a, it, is in a because, it, it is because, like you, you said a minute, you said a minute ago, the two arguably the greatest players ever exist, Ronaldo and Messi. So no matter what your opinion is of him, in the recent memory, he still left a massive legacy. And knowing that's probably the last time he's going to step in the World Cup with all the greatest players in the world, and it's ended the way it has is a, is a shame, but to me, it, I think he does prove like how they're both considered the best. They're both coming to the end of the careers. One's carrying a team through to semi final. The other one is just not doing anything. It mm-hmm. shows that one is kind of further along in. I know he's a couple of years older, but he's further along in getting close to that yeah. retirement than the other. Yeah, 100%. and it is, it is it is sad to say goodbye to one of the greatest players. Yeah, but it, it's it's. I mean, it may have been that case for a while, but it clearly has, even the managers realise, it's sort of come to the point where it's better for the team to not play Ronaldo than to play him. Well, well, can I can I drop my stat that I told you? Um, you that Maguire had more successful dribbles than Ronaldo in this World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that confirms he's retired. He's ready to retire. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and and the, 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 the sad, if you're a Portuguese fan, the sad thing is that Ronaldo came on and he had one quite good chance to uh equalize that he, where like where the ball came morocco switched off just for like the one moment in the game they properly switched off ball comes to ronaldo it's not the easiest chance it is saved but uh you, you feel you do feel like the ronaldo of old buries that quite comfortably yeah but that's that's his signature shot isn't it that he can somehow generate that much power with no backlift mm-hmm. and that's what makes him so it makes it so hard to stop but that to me is a, sh- a simple shot where you would think a younger Ronaldo pulls out Tocano at his near post. Yeah, that is a uh, and that's the end of yeah. Ronaldo's World Cup because uh, he's how old is he? He's thirty seven now. Thirty seven. Uh, yeah. That's going to be. I-, I think he's he's now tied for most caps four off two hundred or something. So it's insane, obviously. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see where he goes uh, next year because he's now obviously not a United player. Yeah. Uh, Portugal are out. Uh, played very well against was it uh, Switzerland? Uh, but yeah. Uh, 
came unstuck here by Morocco. Let's talk about Morocco now, who obviously, uh, the uh, out of, out of all the teams left, they are, they are the, the true underdogs. But what I like about Morocco is that they are very... Uh, um, in, in the games against Spain-Portugal, they are very defensive. However, it's not like a Burnley defensive play where they just get everyone camped and then they're just hoofing it clear and uh, just it's, it's all of that. They, yeah. There's so much technical quality in their counter-attacks. It's I, I, a honestly, theme. Yeah. I was I was honestly shocked at how good their transition play is. It is incredible. Mm -hmm. For for players that you've, you know, with as much respect as possible, never heard of. And they're playing this fantastic transition play under a manager that's managed them for two months, bear in mind. He's incredible. Like he's the play is just fantastic how they just move up the pitch. And I'm just like, how how are they coming out from such a low block? Beautiful passing play up the pitch and ending in with a chance against the best teams in the world it's it's, it's insane and i just don't know where it's come from oh I'm, I'm so upset i can't remember his name it's whoever the number eight is and his name begins with an o i, I, I need to i'm gonna name check him yeah. what's he called and that, uh, that amrabat as well is incredible amrabat's amazing. in that midfield he, he's outraged i think he plays for fiorentina as uh, so he, he you feel like, i mean I know, I know teams don't normally scout off world cups anymore but you feel like a, a bigger club. Give him a go, wouldn't you? Oh, oh, oh I'm going to butcher this. Oh, Nahi, oh, Nahi. I, I don't know the number eight. He he was the one who was like driving forwards in those counter attacks. He's such a he's so leggy, if that makes sense. Like he's quite uh, is is lim limsy. Uh, how Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, oh, I don't know. Uh, let's find out, shall oh, we? Oh, I completely Oh wow, he's only twenty-two. <laughs> is it? Where's he play for? He plays for uh, he plays for uh, uh, Angers in 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 League One. Is it Angers? Um, Angus. Uh, Angus. Angus SC. <laughs> Surely it's, it, it should, maybe it's Angers or something like that. But yeah, hey, man, sign him up for City, honestly. No, but but <laughs> he was so. Uh, what I mean by like limsy and leggy is he's, he's, he looks quite tall. I mean, he's six foot. He's quite tall and. It just seemed to glide across the pitch really easily, really seamlessly in those transitional well, I, moments. I think, yeah, I think he he's not their first choice in that position either because I, I think it's Harit, I think, uh, he's, he's out of the World Cup. He's injured for the season. And I think he plays for Schalke and he's their go-to man. Yeah. And he's not even there. So he's not even the first choice. So that's quite incredible. It definitely. Like we obviously knew about the likes of, you know, Hakimi and, and Ziyech from, uh, you know, uh, Let's, be, let's, be, let's be fair. At right side is the only players we knew. Yeah. Or maybe Maswari if you follow German yeah. football, but I, I, I'm, that's it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to pretend to claim that. Yeah. I, I knew. Well, I, I know. And we knew Buffal from his days at Southampton. Oh yeah. Uh, but... who, who who decides that when he's playing for Morocco, he's just incredible. <laughs> it was the way it was. Was it the Portugal game when he completely floored him without touching the ball? I think it was. I think that, so. Yeah. Yeah. It might be the Spain game. I mean, remember, that was just. Was... That was just amazing. Like yeah. that is how he used skill. He's fantastic in both yeah. of those games, to be honest. And yeah. Amrabat's been... Well, he's going to be included in the team of the tournament, <clears throat> no, for sure. No, has to be. Uh, I think their goalkeeper's <laughs> going to be in the team of the tournament as well. Um, yeah. Hakimi's he's been excellent. Beaver, isn't he, as well? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the leap for the goal as well. Yeah. I, I, I would have been proud. <laughs> yeah. I, I question the goalkeeping, but it was a fantastic jump yeah. and, and a fantastic yeah. uh, a header as well. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Rocco have not had a, a, an opposition player score against them either. Since June, is that is that right? Since, Since June, June. wow. Well, 
Um, so that's the first goal they've conceded since June, and it wasn't even opposition. So yeah, my only if I was, uh, I mean, I guess if you're a Mor- Moroccan fan, you don't really we do care about getting knocked out in the semi-finals, but it doesn't really matter uh, because you've come this far anyway. Uh, but the only fear would be they've only scored five goals throughout the whole competition, so yeah, they will. I mean, I mean, maybe it will work out for them. You know, two nil nils, penalties, boom. Um, why, why not? Well, you yeah. know, end of the day, there's only one person on the planet that's predicted this, and that was bloody Samueletto somehow. Yeah. So, but I, I, I do want to make it known he also predicted Qatar to get to like the oh. quarterfinals. Oh yeah, no, every other prediction is a little bollocks. But yeah, you know, he somehow predicted Morocco to get to the semi-final. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you throw enough shite at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Morocco genuinely been excellent been so impressed with them um i've been more impressed with them than argentina for example i think they're a better team yeah. I, I think um, i think if we're going to talk about consistency morocco have been the most consistent like that every game they've had a game plan they followed the game plan and it's worked to t every game other teams have probably had a bit of wobbles and unsure unsure at times mm-hmm. but they've been the most consistent yeah and going into the semi-final it now means they're the first african side to ever reach a semi-final yeah. Uh, yeah. first um, uh, Arab nation to also reach a semi-final. I, I, I believe that's correct as well. Uh, so huge achievement from them. Yeah, very good. And I, honestly, I, I can genuinely see them beating France. This, honestly. Is, I think there is no reason why any of these four teams left can win that. Yeah. I will not rule out any of them because it's clearly working. We've seen Leicester win the league. So would you say them winning the World Cup is a bigger success than Leicester winning the Premier League uh, oh gosh I know uh, Leicester winning the Premier League is over a longer period but would you think that somehow Morocco coming to the World Cup and winning it is a bigger uh, I, success I think you probably Cinderella story I think you probably say it's a maybe a bigger achievement just because of the storyline of also first African nation etc yeah, yeah. I think I probably would say the Leicester one's harder because um, well, longer, ta- longer, over a yeah. longer term. It's not and, a knockout tournament, is it? But, yeah, and, and in theory, yeah. you can fluke your way to some victories in a yeah. knockout. Not, not yeah. saying Morocco have, but you can do that. But, but also, who they're beating? Because if they win it, they're going to have beaten Spain. Well, Belgium, Portugal, Spain, France, and potentially Argentina mm-hmm. or yeah. Croatia to win it. It would be incredible. It would be, and obviously, the first African nation to ever win a World well, Cup yeah. as well, which yeah. would be huge because it's got to happen at some point. Why yeah, not exactly. in 2022? Why, why not? not? Uh, why not? Indeed. Uh, I was was I going to say something wise then about Morocco and just my concluding thoughts on them? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Just, just um, in respect of, uh, I'm going to talk about Belgium right now. Maybe, maybe them finishing third wasn't such an embarrassment because look, Croatia, the winners, the winners in their group, <laughs> Croatia and Morocco are yeah. both in the semi-finals. Yeah. So uh, who would have thought that would be the group that's somehow going to go all the way? Yeah. So you know, technically, te- no, yeah. no, but no, Belgium were bad. They should, they should have beaten Croatia if yeah. not for a donkey no. called Lukaku. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, Morocco have been excellent. Uh, uh, there were times in the Spain game where, uh, to be fair, I think if Spain had a competent forward player, then maybe they would have lost that one. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, but like, I think I think the only thing they haven't dealt with yet, Morocco, is competence at number nine, which they're going to get with France and Giroud. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can deal with it. Yeah, and obviously two PSG teammates coming up against each other, Hakimi and Mbappe. Oh, yeah. His turn now. He's got to walk and now he's got uh, Hakimi to deal with. Exactly. So, uh, But it's going to be interesting either way, and, and Morocco genuinely have been 
unbelievable. Obviously, if if you had them as your dark horses, great mm. shout. Obviously, they've been the underdogs throughout, and they have been genuinely uh, sensational. Yeah. Bagaski, let, let's move on to our predictions and thoughts for the next round. We've obviously talked about uh, all of them. In fact, let, let me just do a sound effect for us. It's all here and it's all football, all the football, all the time. That was a nice break, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, semi-final predictions. What um, do we think's going to happen? They are obviously... I uh, yeah. I, I, I forgot what they are. Croatia, Argentina and Morocco, France. Uh, I'm going for France Argentina final. It's going to be France. Argentina. I think the Cinderella stories are over now. We're in the business end. Okay, interesting. Uh, are they going to be close games? Is it going to be? Uh, I think. I think. I think it's going to be like three-one France and one-nil okay. Argentina. Interesting. I, I can maybe see it being. I can maybe seeing it being the other way around. I don't see Morocco conceding three goals based on how good they are defensively. Just, yeah, um, see, I, I thought that, but then I just thought France maybe too much. When when one, yeah, I think when one goes in, a couple will. Yeah, I can see that. I can I can also see France conceding because they have not kept one yeah, clean sheet no, this whole yeah, World France, Cup. France, France, France leak. So, so I think I I I agree. I think France Argentina final, Messi versus Mbappe final. Is it going to be a passing over the torch situation of? Goats. It just I just feel like it's Messi's time. This is this is it now. Well that's it's that's, Messi's the, that's time. the follow-up question. Predict the winner, please. If you think I, no. I agree, France Argentina. What do you think is gonna happen in the final? I think I think I think I am gonna It's what head says France, heart says Argentina. <laughs> it would be And I'm gonna to listen to my heart, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, I'm also gonna predict Argentina to win. Uh, and I think that Messi will do something mad, and he will drag his team through uh, t- to victory. There, um, can, we, can we confirm that if they win it, and Messi does drag them through, that he is the goat? I mean, it, it's a shame that we even have to confirm it at this point. Yeah. We should already that should yes. already be no. But this is because this is the thing that everyone has said. They've all said that he has not won a major trophy with his country. He wins the Copa America, and they argue it's a shit trophy. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. count. So now the world, the World Cup. Are they going to argue because it's in Qatar? It's void. No, yeah. right? He's going to win it. He's going to win a World Cup. He's a World Cup medal. He's going to be happy. Retire from international football, and everyone can fuck off. That's yeah. what he's going to do. Or what will happen is Morocco will get to the final, and they'll be like, "Oh, it was only Morocco." That's what they'll say. Oh yeah. Oh, that'll happen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. I'm gonna go Argentina. I know this France side is is good. I'm actually contradicting myself here because I, I did say that um, the winner of England France would win it, but I don't really care because I don't. I, I can't be bothered with another with a back to back World Cup winner. To be honest, it's a bit boring. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, and especially when they haven't France haven't really been exciting. Like they were they were very good at the last World Cup. They were yeah. exciting to watch. Whereas this is just a bit like they're not. They've been flawed, no one, haven't they? I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone has stood out this World Cup really, like to be absolutely amazing. Well, apart from yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no one's really hugely stood out. So it would be nice to see you know Croatia or Morocco win their first one. But I think I just like I just want to see Messi win one. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, uh, and if France win or if Argentina do win, does that almost a hundred percent confirm that Messi or Mbappe win the Ballon d'Or? This year. I think it should. Do. I think it should do. 
Especially if Mbappe why... wins the golden boot as well. But what if France, what, what if PSG get knocked out of the next round by Bayern Munich in the Champions League? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think that we're talking about we're talking about the Ballon d'Or, right? We know it's it's weird anyway. It goes off team bloody trophies anyway, yeah. doesn't it? It's stupid. Which it shouldn't but be. if Mbappe wins the World Cup, gets the Golden Boot in the World Cup, you know, has a great season with PSG, he's going to win the Ballon d'Or. It's not it? a great season if they get knocked out the round of sixteen, though, is it? Well, we say that as fans who say that league shit, whereas they're not going to look at it that way, are they? Whether they're voting for the Ballon d'Or. Well, they should do, because the league is shit, you're right. No, no they going. should do. It's but they're not going to, yeah. I'm being realistic. It's league <laughs> of what would happen. It's league, uh? I don't know. <laughs> exactly, it's league, uh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, because if my, if my star boy, Haaland, scores like a million goals and is denied, and wins the Champions League, and is denied because he physically couldn't take part at the World Cup... I'm going to be because, upset. because there's only two Norwegians that play football. Yeah, that play football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, so there we go. We've both predicted um, Argentina to win uh, uh, the World Cup. And the next podcast, by the way, chaps, will be, uh, and chapettes, will be out uh, after uh, the World Cup has uh, concluded. Uh, so stay tuned. Excuse me, stay tuned for that um i was going to ask you something wise i can't remember what i was going to ask you gasky what was i going to ask you you tell me what was i going to ask you you little fraud of a man was about was it about holland no mbappe messi oh that 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 right so i know that mbappe is obviously a great player right right it's a term i've invented well maybe not invented but it's a term i've used and i haven't seen anyone else use it Right. World Cup tax. Okay. Yes. In respect of Mbappe. He's a fantastic player. Brilliant player. World-class player. Maybe he'll go on to become the next Messi, etc. I'm seeing so many fraudulent individuals, because of this World Cup, it seems, trying to say that this man is already better than Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. What is that all about? No. I says, you don't need to make these comparisons yet. He's 20, what is he, 22? 23. 23, right? He's 23. Just leave it until he gets to 28 and see where he is. If at 28, he's still at PSG and he's still doing what he's doing now, cool. What if he goes to Real Madrid and does even more? Yeah. Then okay. Or what if he stumble, it's a stumbling block and gets a massive injury? Then you'll just be like, eh. Yeah. It was Mbappe. So you just just wait and see. You, know, you don't have to make comparisons after every single tournament. Well, Mbappe will be a 24 in uh, eight days. You know who had a Ballon d'Or by then? Ronaldo. That's who. The Ronaldo. Don't give me any of this. That's the only thing. That's why it's World Cup tax. Because ain't no one talking about these comparisons at club level. But because it's happening at the World Cup... Yeah. For some reason, that means it's better. No, no, it's obviously important, but no, World Cup tax. No, exactly. That was my. That was that was what's ground Nobbins' gears this week. Oh, you, 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 is it your week? <laughs> that was just a little <laughs> mini run, just because. And it is mainly people that never saw Ronaldo who was saying that. But yeah, that, that annoyed me. Uh, but yes, uh, that is the World Cup. That's what's uh, a bonus. What's ground Nobbins' gears? Um, has anything ground your gears, Gasky? Out of interest. No. Holy ref. Grab my gears, I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yes, so um, uh, we, the next podcast will be um, 
uh, after the World Cup. And that'll actually be the final podcast of the year. Uh, we'll, then, oh, we'll then uh, uh, take a little break until the new year. And that's when we'll reintroduce Nobgas and the mini games and the more structured format we're used to seeing. It's just because it's the World Cup. We're going to focus on the World Cup. Yes. Gasky. I will see you. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you, uh, obviously, uh, before then. But in terms of a podcast scenario, Gasky, we're not going to see our wonderful viewers until uh, the world champions have been decided. Momentous. Well, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? They're going to be, there's going to be someone who's going to lift that trophy. Will it be Modric? Will it be Messi? Mm. Will it be Varane? Or will it be... Varane? It's Lloris, isn't it? Lloris, sorry. I can't remember who was the, I can't remember who was the France captain. Lloris, or will it be whoever the Morocco captain is? Yes. Amrabat. It... I think it's Amrabat. Is it Amrabat? Is it? I thought it was... I feel bad now. Whoever the captain is in Morocco. Shall Google it Oh, right Saïs. Saïs, isn't it? Oh, we got there. Saïs. Well done. I, I did not know that. So well done, Gaskis. Absolutely. That, that's his <laughs> African football knowledge coming in clutch. Uh, but yeah, guys, really hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please make sure to leave a like on the video. If you're new, subscribe so you're always updated. If you're listening to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review and rating. And uh, if you know some, if you know people who like um, football podcasts, then feel free to share it with them. And we'll see you next time. From me, it's goodbye. From Gasky. Bye-bye. Goodbye, guys.